I'm Laura Green. Welcome to the Sapphic Book Review Podcast, the show that brings you the best in sapphic fiction. Join me as I chat with authors, narrators, and friends who share my love for the genre. You will learn things you didn't know about your favorites and get some suggestions for your next read. Thanks for listening and be sure to subscribe. Welcome to the Sapphic Book Review Podcast. Today's guest is responsible for two of my favorite sexy couples, Remy and Claudia and Agnes and Lola. Welcome, Fiona Zed, and thanks for being here. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Just like her, book three in the Like Her series will be available on December 23rd and can be pre-ordered now. Give us a sneak peek. Ah, a sneak peek. Okay, so there's not much of a sneak happening necessarily. All I can really say at this moment is that Delphine, my main character, she's a compulsive liar, uh, doesn't know herself very well, and is a virgin at 40 plus. Oh my gosh. Yeah, so she's she's been sort of, she's demisexual, essentially. And so uh, when she finally catches the attention of someone or someone catches her attention, she's, you know, discombobulated and has to react in a way that is probably out of proportion to what actually (laughs) is needed. But she ends up in a thing with someone with lots of drama and they somehow work it out with some sexy times, you know, in between. Well, I would expect nothing less than sexy time. (laughs) (laughs) After Just Like Her, what do you have planned for a release? What I have planned is um, my next novel with Ilva, and Ilva published House of Agnes, which is one of my favorites. And it's called Freedom to Fall right now. And it's a story about a MILF with a child, with a teenager, who falls for a 30-year-old grad student. And they deal with their issues and come together and wrestle. That's all I got. Wrestle. (laughs) (laughs) Actual wrestling. This is new. (laughs) (laughs) there you go i just gave you your next book a wrestling book a wrestling book yeah yeah (laughs) which of your couples would you most like to spend the day with it's funny because you mentioned remy and claudia right and i feel Mm -hmm. like they to me are one of my most interesting couples and even though i've written a few things about them i think a full-length book they've appeared in other stories i still don't feel like i know them at the same time i know they'll be fun right (laughs) Claudia will be very (laughs) mothering and very like nurturing and great and we'll have all the food and then Remy will be just really sexy and dominating and just can't look away from that magnificence so that's my choice that's the couple that's a good one I think Remy would take care of ordering the wine and (laughs) Claudia would just sit there with high heels and I would probably gawk a little bit (laughs) oh my gosh she's so magnificent even in my mind she's just like (laughs) wow (laughs) If I had never read any of your books, which two would you recommend I start with? I would recommend Bliss, which is my very first book. People talk about that the most. And then I would recommend House of Agnes because House of Agnes, I think, came out a year and a half ago, two years ago. And I think it's a good example of like then and now the difference between my my writing styles. And it'll be interesting to, to talk with someone who's read both books whether back then or recently, and then, you know, get the feedback. What do they think? Like, how, how do they perceive my writing and the, and the kind of characters that I've written about in terms of change in time or sentence structure or feel even? So yeah, those. How do you think your writing's changed since then, since the first book? It's interesting because sometimes I think 
it's gotten less descriptive. And in a sense, too, I think my choice of reading as someone who like devours books has been the same, where if a book is carrying on and on describing, it's like, okay, get to the point, get to the point. Like, (laughs) I don't want to hear about the wind rustling through the trees and like the gator (laughs) yapping and, you know, all the stuff, like just tell me what's happening. So I think I've written, I'm writing now in the way that I prefer to read now. I mean, I'm open to someone reading my writing and, and disagreeing with me or <laughs> or whatnot, but I feel like that's that's a big change that's happened. And maybe it's also about modern times because there's a huge difference between now with our cell phones and constant being online and back in, what was it, 2005 when Bliss came out? when people weren't so much on their cell phone, so much with TikTok and social media. Times have changed. And as we get older, we have less patience for shit. <laughs> that might very well be true, yes. It's just like, get to the point. I don't have time for this. I have a million things to do. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> you write some of the sexiest books in the genre. What do you think is the hottest scene you've ever written? <laughs> I think I'm wearing out Raymond and Claudia. Like I, I, I'm wearing them out right now, but it's true. And again, I'm open to people disagreeing with me, but I think one of the sexiest things I've written is the scene where Remy and Claudia are in a closet at a faculty party. Yes, I recall that scene quite well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that was one of the sexiest ones that, that I personally was just like, oh, wow. Oh, this is good. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I'm blushing and I'm writing it. <laughs> one of my faves, definitely. You are definitely one of the authors that I will not read your books in front of people Like if I'm out somewhere, because I am, as you can tell, pasty and white as hell, and I blush so bad. (laughs) So yes, your books are definitely relegated to home reading. (laughs) (laughs) I'm okay with that. Totally. In the acknowledgement for House of Agnes, you credit Lee Winter for saving the book. That's all. That's your only acknowledgement. Yes. (laughs) What is it about her as an editor that makes her so good? What I like about Lee is that like, she cuts through the bullshit. I'm not sure if I can say bullshit, but you know, yes, you can. <laughs> if, if something isn't right, she's going to be like, um, what, what is going on here? I mean, nothing is going on here, but what do you think is going on here? <laughs> um, and I feel like also too, like she knows, knows a lot about many things and so brings that knowledge to the story. And so when I write something that's obviously wrong, or to me, it wasn't obviously wrong, but Lee's like, you know, this is, isn't possible in real life, whether it's about, you know, (laughs) phone tapping or ethics in journalism or whatever. I'm like, I did not know that. And she's like, yes, well, I do. So they get this taken care of. And she will tell you like, this is not right at all. And also she's like very, very thorough. And I love that because I feel like the book that I gave to Lee was sort of a shadow of what Agnes became at the end of the editing process. And I, I was very impressed. (laughs) (laughs) She just has that authority, too, to where she tells you something. You're like, you know, you're right. You're right. What am I? I'm stupid. I can't believe I did that. I'll say, well, are you sure? And then it will be like silence. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, she has that professor thing where you're like, oh, and you don't want to disappoint her. You're like, oh, right. Like this this is what. Yes. Are, Are you sure? Silence. I guess you are sure. Yes. Okay. <laughs> when I talked to her, I'd ask her a question and then I'd almost wait to be like, is that okay that I asked you that question? Is that, was that good enough for you? I don't know. Cause I, Such I want, authority. Like, I love it. I know. I want you to like me. Please like me. <laughs> <laughs> She's probably like, oh my God, what a dork. But also, you know, amazing. Yeah, right. 
You currently live in Madrid, Spain. What do you love most about living in Spain? I love the cheese. Oh, excellent answer. <laughs> I mean, that's quite honestly like the best thing. I love the landscape. I love that I'm immersed in Spanish and I'm learning more every day. But honestly, the cheese. I love cheese. And I've never been to Madrid, clearly. You need to visit this city, this country, and you will be just... Even in France, I wasn't like so taken by all the varieties of cheeses. But here, yeah, just this is the best. What's your favorite cheese? I like Manchego. Really? It's not my favorite. I like Gouda. I think Gouda's fine. You don't love Gouda? I don't hate it, but I mean, it's, it's all right. Okay, I need to check out some Manchego. Maybe I can get some from Spain imported to America. You you should. It's so good. (laughs) My favorite cheese right now, Manchego cheese, is like it went from being around five euros and change after the pandemic became like almost eight euros. And I go to the store and I think about it and I still buy it. (laughs) Well, at least you think about it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) When did you discover your love for writing and what were your first stories about? Because I doubt they were as sexy as they are now. Definitely not. I just feel like I, I always loved writing, whether it was, you know, as a, I don't remember not loving writing because my mom always read to me as a baby in the belly and as a child. So I wanted to create these stories almost immediately. So I think the love has always been with me. In terms of what I wrote about early on, I wrote about monsters a lot. Ooh. Yeah. Like vampires, of course, but then some monsters that I had, to, they were just all over the place, like had fangs and they were like hideous and then they were sexy and then, they, you know, just all over the place. Hmm. But I think yeah, we need to maybe dive into that a little bit more in a psychological <laughs> session. <laughs> it's the first time anyone said that they have been writing basically since in utero. <laughs> writing in my mind. When I was in the belly. <laughs> Travel is an important part of your life. What are your three favorite places you've visited? Um, I really, really enjoyed Thailand. The food was amazing. The landscape was incredible. It was so green and the water was so blue. And um, even the places that weren't so like sexy and gorgeous were, were very impactful. So I really loved um, Thailand. I loved France because I love pastry and being able to be there and like experience the... Um, how do you say patisserie on every corner? Was just like, ah, <laughs> I'll try this here. I'll try that here. I'll try this other thing there. And of course, I never had a bad croissant. So it was another really great reason for enjoying <laughs> France. And I also really like Morocco. I don't really know why, but <laughs> I really enjoyed it. Like the gender stuff was off the charts and ridiculous. But I think part of it is the places I've been, they smelled so amazing, whether it was like the tea or the different soaps or whatever. Like I had just, I have a very strong and positive sense memory of being in Morocco. I went to Paris and I had a croissant and it was the greatest thing ever. Yeah. Was it like big and flaky and buttery oh, and just, you ended up like covered so in crumbs? Oh, Yeah. I'm like, that's the greatest thing ever. Oh, God. <laughs> when I come to Madrid to visit you, because clearly you're going to extend me an invitation after this clearly. wonderful conversation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what are we going to have for dinner? I know we're having cheese. We're having cheese. Um, I'm not going to cook for you because I tend to not make Spanish food at home. But I feel like as a visitor, you are definitely owed the, the Spanish experience. Okay. And so some things on this menu, I'm not a fan of. 
But I feel like I should give everyone the chance to say, okay, I like it. I don't like it. And when the first thing on the menu is pulpo con patatas. And that's just octopus cooked with potatoes. I think it has paprika on it too. I don't love it, but many people do. And they just sort of like have like mouth orgasms from, from <laughs> eating this, this slimy octopus. Um, other thing that I think is really, really yummy is, well, I think it's essential and yummy. It's gambas ajio, I think you could say. And it's basically like um, shrimp cooked in olive oil and garlic. And it's so delicious. Like yum, yum, triple yum. <laughs> also too, tarta de queso, which is a cheesecake. It's usually very, very plain. Nothing like American cheesecake. That's like super, super sweet. This is just creamy and has the right perfect sweetness to it (sighs) (laughs) you will love it you will love it okay what else would oh of course the wine albarino wine which i think is from galicia and it's a nice white wine that will be great with the pulpo and with the shrimp and let's see what else oh of course tortilla patata which is um spanish omelet you cannot leave without having that potato okay gosh I'm going to be very full. Yeah. I mean, I think every meal that that. I've had here has never, has been like several courses, even though, and it's a long meal, it's like four hours. You're not just going to sit there and like devour all these plates in an hour. You're talking, you're drinking wine, you're eating, you're enjoying the whole thing for a very long time, whether or not you like it. All right. I'm booking my flight. Get ready, girl. (laughs) (laughs) What is your biggest pet peeve? <laughs> you know, I had to ask you after we just talked about it. <laughs> well, thanks for answering asking me that question. <laughs> My biggest pet peeve is, um, I guess you just call it mansplaining. Someone like explaining something to me that we both sat there and read together, whether it's in whether whatever language it was in, and just like explaining it to me like it's going to be like this new knowledge that's that you're just dropping on me I'm like I was standing there with you when you read this placard I know what this is love <laughs> it when, <laughs> I love it when men you'll say something and then they'll take exactly what you said change it just a little bit and then try to make it sound like they came up with the idea themselves it's like why, no, we just, why do you feel I just like to do that <laughs> just told you that and I don't know why yeah I don't think any woman has ever done that to me like I'm pretty sure that's never happened to me with a woman no, it's called mansplaining for a reason. <laughs> True. <laughs> if you had to choose your three favorite sapphic books, which would you choose and why? Oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. Okay, so forever, Jewel Gomez is just, you know, goddess. And her collection, Don't Explain, from however long ago, was my favorite. And just the, the way that she uses language in the collection and in the title story, Don't Explain, um, I literally teared up when I finished reading that story. So it's really connected to like the way that the book and the story like make me feel with anything. Like I think it's the, one of the few books I've read that I, when I was finished, I was like, oh, years. <laughs> and who is this person? And why can't I absorb their skill? You know, I love that book. Another book I love is Karen Callmaker's Wild Things. I love her books so much, so many of them. Um, but for me, Wild Things in particular, I can't, was it like a 90, 1996 or something like that? It's an old of her older books. But 
one of the, the talents that I feel like she has, she, she has a skill that I feel very few people have is when their characters, when her characters have a profession or a job, she really incorporates that job into the story. And, and she makes you buy that she knows all that, not even her. She makes you aware and, and, and buy that this character knows all these things. And it's done so seamlessly and so beautifully. Also, Wild Things was incredibly sexy. So there's that. Yeah, that. And I love, what is it? Touchwood? Mm-hmm. One of her books that I, the first, like from back in that yeah, back that in the time. day. Yeah, yeah. And the last one I really liked, I read recently was um, Honey and Issues Guide to Fate Dating. And I don't want to mess up the woman's last name. Her first name is Adiba. And it's uh, a really wonderful glimpse into, I think, Irish Bangladeshi culture. And it's a YA. Uh, I was, uh, I think it was huge, maybe two years ago or a year ago when it first came out. But it was super, super cute book about these two, two young women. And the culture, the peek into the culture was fascinating. And it's also like a good book. Okay. I haven't read two of those. So I've only read the Karen Callmakers. You've given me some more stuff to read. Oh, happy to. I always like. Ah, thank you very much. And I think Karen Callmaker knows everything. So <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't either. I mean, she just has that way about her, all knowing. Yes. I never met her and I would love to meet her. Pi is going to be at some conference sometime soon. I'll be missing. <laughs> well, I'll miss seeing you there. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> but I'll be coming over for dinner, so we're all good. <laughs> I'll get the food bowl ready. <laughs> all right. Fiona, thanks so much. It was great to meet you. Thanks for having me, Laura. Thanks so much for listening. And thanks again to Fiona Zed for joining me today. To learn more about Fiona and find links to purchase her books, visit FionaZed.com or you can purchase them from the Ilva Publishing website and Amazon. To support this podcast, you can buy me a coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash Thanks again for listening. And until next time, happy reading.